What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you with another solo video. Today, we're going over the start-set decisions that you guys are going to be facing. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to go through matchup by matchup, position by position. We're going to go through, should you start the quarterback? Should you start the wide receiver? Should you sit the uh, tight end? Whatever the case is, we're going to talk about streamers. We're going to talk about who you should flex, who you should sit, all that kind of stuff. If at any point during this video, you guys feel like you received some value, hit the button that looks like this. Comment any of your thoughts down below, any start sit questions that you might have, and subscribe to the channel if you're new, and hit that uh, bell icon so that you're notified anytime that we post a video, as well as when we go live, because we will be going live before primetime games, Thursday night football, Monday night football, and as well before Sunday, um, the main slate of games. So before, we're gonna get in, uh, before we get into Thursday night football, we're going to hit the intro, and then we'll see you guys on the other side. So TNF, Bengals at Browns, the clash of former number one overall picks. Uh, at the quarterback position, Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow, fire them up. This, this should be a relatively high-scoring game. The Browns' D-line is a little worrisome from uh, Joe Burrow's angle because we just saw what uh, Los Angeles' line did to Cincinnati's O-line. But uh, the Chargers' defense as a whole is just much better than uh, the Browns' defense. So I'm overall, I'm not worried about uh, that. Um, at the running back position, uh, Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb are every week starters. You never set them, but, uh, Kareem Hunt is also looking like a start. This, the decision of whether or not to start Kareem Hunt on a week over week basis is going to look like a game script question. So what I mean by that is in neutral game scripts, meaning that the Browns are in the game, they're not losing or winning. Chubb looks like the clear starter, but in negative game scripts, uh, when the Browns are losing like last week, Hunt will outsnap Chubb, which happened. Last week, um, in the first half, I'll put this on the screen right now, Chubb had 21 snaps in the first half and Hunt had 11. As the game got more out of hand, the, the snap count became even because Kareem Hunt outsnapped Chubb 22 to uh, 12 in the second half. So, I mean, Chubb, I wouldn't be worried about Nick Chubb is my point because I feel like some people are. They're like, oh man, Kareem Hunt had more carries and like all that. So, like, don't worry about it. It was a game script thing. Uh, in this game, they should be much... Uh, it should be much closer. Uh, they're not playing the Ravens every single week. Um, but I do expect it, it. I mean, the Browns don't look good. So they, they could have a lot more negative uh, game scripts than I anticipated. But from the wide receiver position, uh, this is how we're going to go through the wide receiver position, just for the record. I'm going to put up their cornerback matchups uh, per PFF, who they expect to be in uh, coverage on those players. So for the Browns receivers, they expect William Jackson to be on Odell Beckham Jr. Not really surprising. And then uh, Mac Alexander to be on Jarvis Landry. So shadow information is not available yet per PFF, but I, I, I don't expect William Jackson to, to shadow Odell Beckham. And even if he does, I think Odell Beckham's good enough to beat, to beat William Jackson in shadow coverage. So wheels up for the two Browns receivers that you're thinking of starting. Um, uh, as far as the Cincinnati Bengals receivers go, AJ Green is expected to get Terrence Mitchell in coverage, which I mean, I don't know. That's, that seems a little odd to me, but uh, John Ross on Denzel Ward and Tyler Boyd on uh, Tavir. I don't even know who that is. So uh, PFF doesn't expect Ward to shadow or even be on green, uh, who is Denzel Ward's the clear best corner on the Browns. I'd avoid Ross though, if Denzel Ward is on him and uh, start green and Boyd as top 30 options. I expect a lot of scoring in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of guys 
in this game that are going to going to have big weeks. So uh, to the tight end position, Austin Hooper, you start him because David Njoku got hurt and that's only going to increase Austin Hooper's already high snap share that he had. Uh, CJ Uzama, you can actually stream him. He had five targets last week um, and he looked actually pretty decent um, and reliable for Joe Burrow. Uh, as far as like from Austin Hooper's uh, angle, Vaughn Bell isn't the best matchup. He's now a, a starting safety for the Bengals. But Njoku being out, as I mentioned, in a high scoring game should be good for Hooper. He'll probably catch a touchdown or something. So on to the next game, 1 p.m.s, uh, Giants at Bears. Uh, the two quarterbacks, you can stream them both, I think. I, I know everyone's going to probably say to stay away from, um, from Daniel Jones, but I don't think the Bears matchup is going to be as hard as we, we all thought it would be. I think the Bears are a little bit worse of a defense, maybe a bit overrated than we thought. So I do think you can stream Daniel Jones in this game. And, and Mitch Trubisky showed last uh, week that when he's in a good matchup, you can play him because he was like a top 10 quarterback last week. And the Giants defense is no better than the Lions that he played last week. So neither QB is an ideal start. Like you don't want to be rolling those guys out in a one quarterback league. If obviously in a super flex league, I think they're fine. But I would start both of these guys over guys like Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Dwayne Haskins, Phillip Rivers, uh, Drew Locke, and Sam Darnold. So I would start uh, both of these guys clearly over those guys. So at the running back position, um, duh, you're obviously starting Saquon. Don't even ask me a question about that. Um, and you can, I think you could flex both Bears running backs because um, I know, and uh, we'll start with Saquon. Saquon was bad on the ground in week one, but I don't think it matters because the Steelers defense was all over him. It wasn't anything Saquon could do. His line just got blown up. And that's something to monitor with Saquon uh, going forward. If he plays a good run defense, it, you should probably downgrade him because his line can't hold up clearly against a run defense like the Steelers. It was encouraging, though, uh, from Saquon's perspective to see the target volume he saw. Nine targets. So shout out Jason Garrett. He's obviously using his running back in the passing game. Uh, from the bear side of things at the running back position, um, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen played almost a dead even split in snaps. And also they split passing down work as well. Uh, 18 to 14 in favor of Cohen uh, from the pass routes uh, perspective with uh, David Montgomery edging Cohen on run plays. But I think both are both are flexible in this matchup. It's kind of a semi-difficult one. The the Giants are are more much more of a pass funnel defense because they have a pretty solid run defense with Lawrence and uh, Leonard Williams at the middle. But I think you can flex both Montgomery and Cohen, and they're not going to kill you. I, I don't think they're like the greatest starts in the world. They're probably going to be a, the type of running backs this week that we get a lot of questions about who should I start. I would say they're probably like mid RB threes. Like if you have better options, then I would start those guys all, uh, over either of the Bears running backs. All right, to the wide receiver position. Surprise, Darius Slayton's the best receiver on the Giants. I mean, I, I, I said this like really early in the offseason. Imagine, like if only someone could have predicted that Darius Slayton had the best chemistry with Daniel Jones, even though that's all we saw last year. And I was really high on him last year, and I let other people convince me otherwise. People were like, oh, but like the splits with Slayton and Shepard and and Golden Tate are all like muddy. You can't use them because they're all like close. Darius Slayton's the dude on this team. And Darius Slayton is going to be seeing rookie Jalen Johnson in coverage, likely. So, I mean, wheels up for him. So you can definitely start him. I would sit Sterling Shepard, though, because Buster Screen is actually a pretty solid nickel corner. And just overall, Sterling Shepard, he's like a low upside play every week. And unless he's in a good matchup, I really don't want to start him. Uh, the top two Bears receivers, I think you could start both of them. Uh, at least flex Anthony Miller. But Allen Robinson is expected to see Corey Ballantyne in coverage. I don't know 
if they're going to deploy uh, James Bradbury and shadow yet, that data isn't out if they did that last week. But uh, if they do deploy James Bradbury and shadow and I'll, I'll give updates on all the shadow uh, matchups on the Sunday live stream. So make sure you guys are tuning into that. But uh, Miller is going to have an excellent matchup regardless against a rookie nickel corner and, and Darnay Holmes. And even more so if Bradbury is shadowing Allen Robinson, which I, I kind of expect to happen uh, if they use him that way. So tight end Evan Ingram, start him because this is a very good matchup. Uh, and he had a very bad matchup last week against Evan Bush. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I mean, it's like a mer- like absolute emergency stream. There's probably like 25 other tight ends I'd rather start than Jimmy Graham, but I think you can roll him out there if you're absolutely desperate. Um Ingram should bounce back week one or bounce back big time from his game in week one against Roquan Smith, who is the primary defender he should see in this matchup. And he's probably going to uh, beat him because Roquan Smith has struggled and he struggled last week against TJ Hawkinson. Um, And that's his primary matchup per PFF. All right. Rams and Eagles quarterback, Jared Goff. That's my start of the week. The Eagles defense um, didn't look that good, to be honest. Dwayne Haskins actually had a decent outing against them, and I think Jared Goff is going to have a great outing against them. Carson Wentz, I am sitting Carson Wentz from, for the foreseeable future, to be honest, but especially against any team that has a good pass rush is going to disrupt Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not great under pressure. You saw that against Washington last week. Um, yeah, and like the, the Rams D-line has Aaron Donald on it. So I don't think there's anyone on the Eagles offensive line that can even remotely hang with Aaron Donald. And I think he's going to cause a lot of trouble for Carson Wentz. So if you have to start Carson Wentz, I guess you could start him, but he's like my quarterback 20. There's a lot of other guys, like streamer territory guys, that I would start over Carson Wentz. As I mentioned, Goff should be a very, very strong start in this game. Um, with the Rams secondary kind of with a lot of new pieces kind of starting to gel. We saw how Robert Woods looked incredible and same with Cooper cup. So I think both uh, it's wheels up for um, the Rams passing game in this game. Uh, I would say sit both Rams running backs because I I mean, as I mentioned, the the Eagles are a pass funnel defense. You don't want to run against the Eagles defense. They have like a lot of guys up front that can make it difficult to run on you. Plus we still don't know how the backfield is going to shake out. We think it's Malcolm Brown, but who knows? Cam Akers could come out and, and get more carries. Like Cam Akers still had 14 carries last week. So he wasn't like completely irrelevant. Um, I'll put this on the screen right now, but like the Rams running back breakdown is honestly, it's, it's kind of like a committee for now. And I think I expect it to be like this until Cam Akers wins the job. I think Cam Akers is eventually going to win the job because I think he's the better running back. And anytime you deploy like a hot hand approach, like it seems like that's how it's being uh, labeled in LA the better running back is going to win nine out of 10 times. So I'm going to, I'm going to say like, don't freak out about Cam Akers just yet. I wouldn't start him this week though. I want to see him eventually edge out Malcolm Brown for snaps and stuff, but I will admit Malcolm Brown did look good. I just don't think it's going to keep up. I think it's just kind of like a week one flash in the pan thing for Malcolm Brown. Um, for, as far as Boston Scott, this is assuming Miles Sanders is out. I'm, I'm kind of just expecting it to be the case. I don't want to start Boston Scott if I can help it. I think, He's a low-end flex play if you absolutely have to start him. But he, he, he saw nearly 60% of the running back snaps, which is encouraging. But And Washington, that was an incur, uh, like a terrible matchup for running backs. It's a little bit better against the Rams, but it's still not a great running back uh, matchup. Obviously, you start Sanders if he's back, but I, I don't want to start Boston Scott if I can. Um, as far as the wide receiver position in this game goes, you start both the Rams receivers probably every week, but especially in this matchup. Uh, I'm going to sit Deshaun Jackson. And the reason why is because I'll put this on the screen right now, but they expect Deshaun Jackson to see Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if it's going to be shadow coverage or or what, but 
either way, he's going to see Jalen Ramsey as his primary defender. And we've seen teams just straight up avoid Jalen Ramsey. And the reason is because the cornerback co- opposite Jalen Ramsey is Darius Williams. Um, why the hell would you throw at Jalen Ramsey when you could throw at Darius Williams all game? So I think you could flex Jalen Rager. If this is in fact how the, the matchups shake out, Jalen Rager is probably going to eat because Deshaun Jackson is going to take away Jalen Ramsey on every single play. And Jalen Rager has Darius Williams to, uh, to compete with in coverage. As far as the Rams receivers, they have, um, they have Robert Woods projected on Darius Slay and Cooper Cup on Nicole Rolby Coleman. So it's actually like from a corner rack uh, receiver matchups uh, perspective, it's not the greatest matchup for either guy. But I think the passing game in general is how they're going to win this game and how they're going to like perform in this game. So I think the volume is going to be there for both dudes. So I don't really think it matters. And I also think both guys are talented enough to, and then you see there, they have an advantage over the two guys that um, they're going against. So I don't think they're like clamps matchups. Uh, In the tight end department, there's three tight ends you can start in this matchup. I think you could fire up both Eagles tight ends in this, in this game, because the Rams, like the Rams secondary is, is probably like, the, the tight end position is probably where you want to exploit them. Plus the Eagles are also just, that's how they run their offense. Um, in terms of the Tyler Higby, Jalen Mills is the primary defender per PFF. That's not going to end well. I think Tyler Higby is going to rinse him. Um, and then the Eagles tight ends versus the Rams linebackers. The Rams don't have Corey Littleton anymore. And Corey Littleton was a guy that was shutting down tight ends last year. And uh, maybe John Johnson, the strong safety steps into that role. Either way, um, the Rams... Uh, struggled to guard uh, tight end position yesterday or last week, even though Blake Jarwin got hurt, they still like kind of got exploited by like Dalton Schultz and whoever else. So I I think you can start both Dallas uh, or both Eagles tight ends in this matchup. So on to probably the DFS target of the week. Uh, If you're going to target DFS players, it should be from this game. And that's the Falcons at the Cowboys fire up both quarterbacks. And probably this is projected to be the highest scoring game in the week. Uh, of the week per Vegas at the highest over under. So fire up both quarterbacks in this game as top 10 options, probably top five options, to be honest. Um, running backs, fire up both starting running backs. I know uh, I'll put this on the screen right now, but this is how the, the Falcons running back um, uh, shook out. Gurley had 34 snaps, Brian Hill 21 and Ito Smith at 19. That doesn't look the greatest, but Todd Gurley got virtually all the running work. It, all those snaps were basically split when they were passing which again could probably repeat itself in this game because this should be a high scoring game. And most Falcons games will probably be high scoring games, but I think you can start Gurley with relative confidence this week and just hope he kind of falls into the end zone. It's not great for people who thought Gurley would be this like workhorse who got all the three down load and he got all the pass catching uh, work, but he didn't even crack half the, the team's 79 snaps on offense, but he did dominate the run snaps, as I mentioned. So I wouldn't be too worried about his rushing work. I just think you got to temper expectations for, his receiving volume, because I don't think that's going to be there um, over the start of the year or over the whole year. And then Zeke, obviously you just start Zeke every week. Um, Wide receivers. uh, So you start Julio and Ridley every week, but, uh, and Amari and Gallup in this matchup, I think you can flex both teams third receiver in this game, because I think it's going to be that high scoring. Russell Gage saw, had over a hundred yards last week and saw like 12 targets or something. CD lamb didn't have the greatest game in the world, but with Blake Jarwin out, I think that gives him a bit of a bump now. Uh, knowing that he is the clear third target in the passing game and he doesn't have to compete with a tight end or whatever. I'm not even going to show the chart for either team because you can literally start all three corner or all three receivers on each team because both teams have garbage corners. So it doesn't matter who Julio is on because he's going to kill him. It doesn't matter who Ridley's on because he's going to kill him. It doesn't matter who Amari's on because he's going to kill him. It doesn't matter who Gallup's on because he's going to kill him. Like it doesn't matter. 
So according to PFF, each receiver has over an 11% advantage or more in this game with Julio having like a 45% advantage. So all these guys are going to eat. This is going to be a high scoring game. So a wheels up for the passing game in both, uh, both uh, situations. From the tight end position, my start of the week at the tight end position is Hayden Hurst. I'm not even going to show the chart um, again for, for Hayden Hurst, who he's going up against because Jalen Smith had a, had a 29 PFF grade in week one, allowing a 86% catch rate and over the high, and the highest yards per reception of any tight end defender on PFF by a wide margin last, uh, last week. So I expect Hayden Hurst to go absolutely bonkers in this game. And, uh, I think he'll definitely make up for what he did last week and, and kind of disappointing his fantasy owners. So another relatively high scoring game that I expect to happen is the Panthers at the Buccaneers quarterback. Uh, Tom Brady is a very strong start in this game. I think he's going to go nuts. This is probably going to make up for the fact that they laid an egg in new Orleans last week, Teddy Bridgewater. I am sitting, I am sitting. I know it's a, a high scoring game. We project it to be a high scoring game. And there's going to be a lot of um, garbage time probably for Teddy Bridgewater, but we saw with Breeze and Michael Thomas, this ain't the same cupcake bucks defense that we've seen the past couple of years. Since midway through last season, when they when they cut Vernon Hargraves and stopped starting MJ Stewart as their primary nickel, who has since been cut also, they've become a tough matchup for both receivers and quarterbacks. So I, I'm not like, the, the, the bad analysis of this game is, oh, it's going to be a lot of garbage time because the Bucs are getting out to a lead. Yeah, that's probably true. But I also think Bridgewater is going to be pressured a ton in this game. He's probably not going to be able to get much downfield. I, I'm just avoiding Bridgewater in this game because I don't think the, the Panthers offense is going to do much of anything. I think the, the Bucs are going to handle them uh, pretty easily in this game. So at the running back position, you always start to Christian McCaffrey. Don't ever ask me about that. Um, Ronald Jones is my start of the week at the running back position. The best run defense in the league um, from Christian McCaffrey's perspective. So I expect a down game on the ground from Christian McCaffrey, but he should be able to get it done as a receiver as he did uh, the previous two games uh, last year when the Bucks were just ferocious against the run as well. Uh, as far as the running back position from the, uh, from the Bucks perspective, Rojo dominated the, the run snaps. On plays that they ran the ball, he had a 77% snap share. And the rushing opportunities are of the rushing opportunities and also played a respectable 34% of passing snaps in a negative game script. So the game last week was probably the worst case scenario for Ronald Jones in terms of like a workload. And he still got great volume in that game. He still had like 20 opportunities, I believe. So his skill set is the feature runner in this game. They're going to be up. I can promise you they're going to be up in this game. And the Panthers uh, present like probably the easiest run matchup in the league, according to PFF. And they just experienced a Josh Jacobs slaughter last week where Josh Jacobs just ran all over them. They're kind of, the run defense is a mess without Luke Keekley. Derek Brown struggled in his first game in run defense. Like Rojo should snap off in this game. Like I think he's going to go off in this game. So from the wide receiver position, you could start Evans and Godwin with very high confidence in this game. DJ Moore, I mean, it's not a great matchup, but I think you still start him. Uh, and I still think you could flex uh, Robbie Anderson if you need to, because we saw his usage last week. And I think you can flex Scotty Miller as well in this game. As I mentioned, this should be a one-sided affair for the Bucs. So you can stack up your Bucs pass catching, running, tight end, whatever. Like you can stack the Bucs uh, offensive options in this game. Um, it looks like Mike Evans is going to draw Dante Jackson. That's not going to end well. I can promise you that. Mike Evans is going to just destroy that guy. Um, Scotty Miller going up against Troy Pride. We saw uh, Henry Ruggs kind of just exploit him last week. I think Scotty Miller can do the same. Chris Godwin up against... Uh, Justin Burris. I don't even know who that is. Chris Godwin should absolutely kill that guy. I think all three receivers can eat in this game. 
maybe one guy disappoints just from sheer like game script. They go up early and they stop throwing the ball. But I mean, that, those early times when they are throwing the ball, it's going to be easy to get stuff done. So I would, I would start um, Mike Evans and Godwin. Definitely. Evans is a top five receiver for me on the week because we've, we've seen this with Mike Evans. When he has a good matchup, he absolutely goes up. And when he has a bad matchup, you can sit him like literally legitimately. And I know he's a third round pick and you don't want to sit him, but he had a bad matchup last week. And I told people like sit Mike Evans, do not start him against Marshawn Lattimore uh, coming off of a hamstring injury. Uh, as I mentioned, Evan and Godwin are going to smash in this game and Miller, uh, Miller should be startable in a high scoring affair based on last week's usage for the Panthers side of things. Anderson is the clear wide receiver too, but it might be a tough road for both guys, uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson efficiency wise. And there could be some garbage time production, but DJ Moore going up against Carlton Davis, who absolutely clamped Michael Thomas last week. Not great. Robbie Anderson going up against Jamel Dean and probably Sean Murphy bunting in, in uh, two wide sets. Also not a great matchup. So, I mean, you could start those guys, but uh, DJ Moore, you'd probably start every week, but you can, you can flex Robbie Anderson, but I'm not overly confident that he's going to have a great game. Uh, from the tight end position, I think both Bucks tight ends are streamable. Uh, and Ian Thomas as well is streamable in this matchup. The big question is still the usage of Gronk and OJ. Gronk outsnapped OJ uh, Howard by a decent margin last week, but they also ran 23 and 22 routes respectively. So they were pretty much dead even as far as the routes that they ran. This originally, uh, for, for Ian Thomas's perspective, looked like it would have been a smash for Ian Thomas. But rookie Antoine Winfield looked actually incredible in his debut uh, in coverage. So I don't think it's going to be some smash matchup for Ian Thomas. I do think he's still probably the, the pass catcher you want to start. If you're going to stream either him or Robbie Anderson, I would rather play Ian Thomas because the Bucks defense is more susceptible to the tight ends than it is to um, receivers. So I would definitely play Ian Thomas in as like a top 20 tight end if you need to stream it this week. All right, 49ers at Jets. Jimmy G is streamable because the Jets defense sucks. They allowed Allen to have his first 300-yard passing game of his career last week. Sam Darnold, you never play Sam Darnold, especially not against the Niners defense. Uh, running back-wise, you could start Raheem Mostert pretty much with confidence now. I was, I was a little skeptical going into the season that they would use um, a feature back. He played 61% of the, the halfback snaps, excluding Kyle Juszczyk. So as of now, we have to assume he's the feature back. But again, Kyle Shanahan could screw us over and have, and have Jarek McKinnon run all the snaps next week. As far as Jarek McKinnon goes, you can start Jarek McKinnon as a flex option. He, with all the receiver injuries, Jarek McKinnon is going to be utilized in the passing game. And George Kittle's banged up now too. So I think Jarek McKinnon is a flexible player. I don't want to start him if I don't have to, but I think you can start him if you're like, if you had Le'Veon Bell and he went down with injury or something and um, you, you need a guy to start, I think you can start Jarek McKinnon. Um, Josh Adams and Frank Gore, whoever the running back is for the Jets, I don't want to start them probably ever, especially not in this matchup. Uh, it's worth noting the Jets defense has been pretty stingy against the run though. So, I mean, like Raheem Mostert probably won't have the greatest um, game on the ground. Uh, from the wide receiver position, there's not a lot of options in this game. I'll, pu I'll put up the, uh, the matchups on the screen right now. Kendrick Bourne looks like he has the best matchup on the field. And Kendrick Bourne is the guy I would start uh, of any of the 49ers receivers. I could, I, you could flex uh, Kendrick Bourne as like a, a wide receiver four this week and kind of hope for a touchdown, hope for a lot of catches or something. Um, Jamison Crowder is, is the only receiver worth a damn on the, on the Jets. Um, he's got the best matchup as well uh, against going up against Kwan Williams. Uh, 13 targets last week. That's nothing to see, uh, sneeze at. He had the big play, but I think um, Jamison Crowder is going to be the volume play if you play in any kind of PPR league uh, for the Jets going forward. And 
avoiding Richard, like he's not going to get any of Richard Sherman. So that's also promising from his perspective. They're not going to throw out Richard Sherman. So you throw it uh, to Jamison Crowder if you're Sam Darnold. Um, from the tight end perspective, I think George Kittle, I, like I want to monitor the George Kittle situation. Obviously, if he's in the game, like if he's playing in the game, you probably start him because he is the best tight end in the league. Um, but I want to know if like what his practicing reports say, if he's limited or if he's not participating. So as far as that, we'll, we'll have more updates by Sunday on the live stream and we'll go over it then. But if George Kittle's playing, you play him. That's, that's basically how I look at it. From the Jets perspective, you play Chris Herndon. I think you can play Chris Herndon with relative confidence, knowing that he was the primary tight end in, uh, in New York last week. And I think he's going to continue to be the primary tight end for, for the, for the jets. Obviously I think he's also going to be the, like probably the second best uh, option they have in the passing game. I know he didn't play the greatest last week, but he also was going up against Jordan Poyer, which is like the hardest matchup in fantasy for tight ends. Uh, the bills just don't play tight ends against them. And then, um, so into the next game, we got the Broncos at the Steelers um, quarterback drew lock. You absolutely sit him. You do not play him against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Cause they are looking like probably the best defense in the entire league after that performance against the giants. Ben Roethlisberger is streamable, but again, the Broncos defense isn't, isn't anything to sneeze at. They're a pretty good defense. I don't want to be playing quarterbacks against them like very often, but I think you can play big Ben in them, uh, in this matchup. So, uh, this game has probably got the looks of like a ground and pound slugfest between Melvin Gordon and Benny Snell. Ben's my quarterback uh, 17 ahead of Jimmy G, Gardner Minshew, um, Carson Wentz, but he's behind guys like Burrow and Mayfield. So th that gives you an idea of who I would start Big Ben over. Um, running back wise, Melvin Gordon is a start for me. I think you can start Melvin Gordon with relative confidence. I would probably say don't start Melvin Gordon. Had Lindsey gotten, uh, not gotten uh, injured, I would say to probably sit him, but or at least be very stringent with expectations because this is a horrible matchup. We saw it with Saquon, like Saquon got absolutely shut down. I think the Broncos offensive line is better than the giants though. So you're not going to see him just get blown up in the backfield every play, but Melvin Gordon is going to be guaranteed probably 18 touches plus. So I think you can start him just based on volume. Hope he falls into the end zone or gets a lot of receptions to give you um, a high floor week. Um, it took Derrick Henry 31 carries to make an impact in Monday's game. Uh, and without Connor, I'm assuming at least, this will be a running back by committee with Jalen Samuels and, and Benny Snell. Maybe Anthony McFarlane gets some run. I, I don't want to start Benny Snell or Jalen Samuels in this matchup. I think it's a horrible matchup. You don't want to start any of them uh, in. From the wide receiver perspective, um, if Cortland Sutton plays, you can flex him and sit Jerry Judy. But if Cortland Sutton's out, you can flex Jerry Judy. That's, that's basically how I look at it. So I think Cortland Sutton is probably going to be out for this game, but we'll see going into um, the practice reports and we'll see how um, the Broncos are handling it. I, if I were them, I would probably sit Cortland Sutton because this is going to be a, a rough matchup regardless. Um, from the Steelers perspective, you can start Juju with certainty. Now this is the old Juju Smith-Schuster. He is back and you can flex Deontay Johnson in this game. Uh, Juju's back and better than ever. Deontay Johnson outsnapped uh, James Washington 55 to 37. So, you know, he is the wide receiver two in this offense on the screen right now. You'll see the, the wide receiver cornerback matchups. It looks like J uh, James Washington is going to be up against AJ Boye. If AJ Boye is even playing, I know he got banged up in the, in week one, Juju Smith Schuster's got Bryce Callahan. He's going to probably wipe the floor with him. And Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson is on uh, Michael Ojemudie who is a rookie corner. So um, I think he should probably have a good game against him as well. On to the Jaguars at Titans. 
Gardner Minshew is streamable in this game against the Titans defense. I know it's a pretty good defense, but uh, Minshew showed enough that you can stream him in this matchup. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you can absolutely start him in this matchup because this game might have sneaky shootout potential. I think both quarterbacks are starters this week, although Minshew I do feel a little bit more mad about. Uh, From the running back position, James Robinson you can flex because James Robinson had enough volume and he looks like he's the primary uh, ball carrier in this offense. Um, And duh, you obviously start Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry also, it's worth noting, he ran a career high in uh, routes in uh in monday's game for what it's worth so i mean maybe he's being involved a little bit more as a pass catcher that could increase his ceiling and maybe lock him into that top three running backs for the year uh as i mentioned james robinson's a solid flex play based on the snap share and usage that we saw in week one uh he got 72 percent of the running back snaps and 48 percent of pass plays as well which means he was kind of like a 50 50 with chris thompson on passing downs it's not a fantastic matchup but Again, solid volume play. You could probably play him as like an RB3 flex play. From the wide receivers angles, it seems it's pretty obvious who you play in this matchup. DJ Chark is uh, projected to go up against Jonathan Joseph, so you could definitely play him with relative certainty. I don't think I'd be messing around and playing LaVisca Chenault just yet. I want to see more out of him uh, in terms of a snap count, in terms of um, him making plays. I'm not worried about DJ Chark getting only three targets. It, It was just some weird efficiency that we saw from the Jags offense that I don't expect to continue. I'm almost willing to bet that that 20 pass attempt game is an anomaly and they throw 30 plus attempts every other game after this. So I'm not worried about DJ Chark getting only three targets. Um, AJ Brown on the Titans side should bounce back in a, a smash matchup against, uh, against uh, Trey Herndon is who he's projected to go up against. And Corey Davis might even be worth a flex option in this, in a pinch with this Jag secondary. It's worth noting though, that that rookie CJ Henderson was excellent in his debut. It was absolutely great in that game against the Colts. So the Jags might have one good corner. We thought we'd ha- they'd have zero corners uh, to, be, uh, to be exploited every week uh, by re- fantasy receivers, but they do have one good corner by the looks of it. So just something to monitor. Uh, Corey Davis is expected to see C.J. Henderson, so he might have a down game. And plus, Corey Davis is always a guy that you're just going to like throw into a, um, uh, a flex spot if he's in a good matchup. You're never going to start him every week. I don't care that he had 100 yards last week. I think that, that was just more of a, a product of A.J. Boye just – locking down AJ Brown. So uh, the next game we're going to get into, actually, sorry, let's talk about the tight end position uh, from this game. The Jaguars, um, they don't have any tight ends worth a damn. The Titans, uh, Johnny Smith looked excellent. He was involved in the screen game. They used, they had a lot of design plays for him. And he also played a very high snap share and ran a lot of routes. So I think you can start not only in this matchup, uh, I think you can start Johnny Smith with relative certainty. He's going to be a top 10 tight end for me in this matchup because the Jaguars ain't covering shit like this this week, especially at the tight end position. They have no one who can cover uh, Johnny Smith, especially if he's going to be used the way he was used last week. Seven targets last week. And that's, I mean, that's great for a tight end. Seven targets isn't great for a receiver, but for a tight end, seven targets uh, uh, for a tight end of Johnny Smith's um, ability and athleticism is excellent. Now, if he's going to get seven targets every week, he's going to be a top 10 tight end this year. So Lions and Packers, uh, fire up both quarterbacks because they're both top 15 options this week. Aaron Rodgers came out and showed why he, he has the ceiling and uh, games in him. And this is a bet like a, a smash matchup for him. So I think he can 100% go off in this game running backs. Uh, duh. You start Aaron Jones every week, especially in this matchup. And I just put the word gross on my sheet here for, for the Lions running backs. I would sit them all to be honest. I, I don't want to start any of them. Uh, I'll put this on the screen right now, but this was the running back rotation in week one. Deandre Swift saw the most snaps and he also ran the most routes. 
which is promising to see. But he also, the, the big thing is he dropped the game-winning touchdown. I, like, I don't think, I think uh, Matt Patricia is the type of coach to hold that against him. He could be punished for dropping the game-winning touchdown. And we could see a lot more of Adrian Peterson this week that we, than we saw last week. And we saw a lot of him last week as well. So Swift is still the guy to own, like uh, to roster, but I, I don't think I want to start him this week because even though he ran 25 routes, that could be reduced knowing that he, he led the team, like he led the team last week and he, he also didn't look that great doing so. And Adrian Peterson did look very good. And if you absolutely uh, have to start one, I'd probably risk it with Swift, hoping that the Lions are playing from behind and he gets some, some receiving work. But as I mentioned, if you could avoid uh, starting anyone from this backfield, I would, because I, like I said, I want to see how it shakes out. Adrian Peterson could be the primary ball carrier like we expect, but Swift also could be very limited and they could favor carry on Johnson in the passing game based on what Swift did last week. So I would definitely just, just monitor this situation and probably not start any of the Lions running backs. Uh, from the receiver position, you always start Devontae Adams, especially this week. Um, I think you can flex Alan Lazard. Um, as you can see from the matchup on the screen, Alan Lazard is expected to get Justin Coleman, but Justin Coleman also got injured in this game. So it should be the third, like the, the next guy down in the depth chart at the slot position. Um, Marquez Valdez Scanling, I think that was just a fluke. I don't think you could start him with relative certainty. And he also gets Desmond Trufon, who is a better, a better corner than what he played last week. So... Um, Marvin Jones also, I think you can, I think you can flex Marvin Jones, but I, I'd feel a lot more confident in Marvin Jones if Kenny Galladay plays, which I don't expect to happen. So I think you can flex Marvin Jones, but there's a chance that he gets um, a shadow coverage from Jair Alexander as the only core, uh, the only receiver that's really worth a damn on this team. They might just deploy Jair Alexander in shadow coverage against Marvin Jones. As far as the tight end position, uh, TJ Hawkinson's a viable streamer. You can stream TJ Hawkinson based on the usage that we saw last week from him. He had like six targets and a touchdown and over 50 yards last week. So you can definitely stream him. Christian Kirksey is a cake matchup. Who is the projected uh, matchup for Hawkinson per PFF uh, who definitely showed some promise with Kenny G out. And I expect Kenny G uh, to be out again this week. Uh, do not start a Packers tight end. Don't start Jay Sternberger because he barely played any snaps last week. So on to the next matchup. All right, so the Bills and the Dolphins. Josh Allen is a strong start in this game because we saw what Cam Newton did to, the, uh, to this Dolphins defense with his legs, and I expect Josh Allen to have a big game on the ground especially. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you absolutely sit him in this game. I think there's a chance we either see Tua in this game, later in this game, or we see him in week three against the Jags because Fitz did not look good in week one, and I expect more of the same in this, in this game because the Bills defense is actually better than the Patriots, and he didn't look good against the Patriots defense. So... Running back wise, the, uh, the Devin Singletary, Zach Moss conundrum is probably going to continue this week, but I think you can, you can probably flex both guys. Uh, the running back split is as follows. Uh, Singletary played 51 snaps with 59%, 10 rushes and 21 uh, routes run. Moss played 39 snaps um, and all that other stuff there, but he did get the, the red zone work so that you're basically hoping for a touchdown with Zach Moss and you're hoping for a lot of receiving work with Devin Singletary. I think this is going to be a favorable game script. So I think you can start both guys uh, in your flex spots, but I wouldn't be doing that every week. I think only in, in really favorable game scripts, do you want to be doing that. Um, Jordan Howard, I guess is the starter. Like, I don't know, Miles Gaskin, like whoever you want to say, um, you're sitting them. Like don't start them in this game. It's a poor game script for both of those guys. Um, the bills I expect to be probably pretty handily winning this game. And uh, you don't really want to start anyone on the Dolphins um, running back crew because I think they're not going to get much going against this Bills front. 
Um, wide receiver-wise, uh, you can flex Stephon Diggs, but I would sit John Brown because the Dolphins have two very good corners. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are the two corners that they have. And Diggs got nine targets last week, so I expect him to be safe regardless. But he is going to have a tough matchup uh, against one of those guys, depending on who it is. Um, I wouldn't expect Devontae Parker to play in this game, so don't. I, I wouldn't just rule him out now. I think he's going to be out for sure. And if he's out, I would sit Preston Williams because I know if, if everyone, if Parker is out, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, Preston Williams is going to get so much volume. He's going to be the wide receiver one in this offense if Parker's out. But that likely means that Preston Williams is going to get shadow coverage from Tredavious White. And I don't want anything to do with Tredavious White. He is so fucking good. I don't want anything to do with him. So if, if Preston Williams is, is the only receiver out there and Parker's out, sit Preston Williams because he's going to be bad against Tredavious White. Um, tight end wise, uh, Dawson Knox. He's a streamable option, I think, because, I mean, I told everyone to sit Herndon last week against Jordan Poyer, by the way, and Mike Kosicki, sit him, because Jordan Poyer is going to lock him down. And again, even if Devontae Parker's out, I don't care, because I think the, the, the Dolphins' offense is going to just be anemic in this game. And someone might be saying, oh, well, someone has to produce. No, I don't think anyone's going to produce. I think they're going to get killed in this game. So don't play any Dolphins if you can help it. If you have to play one, I would say Preston Williams is the best one to play out of all of them just because of volume. And I think Gasicki's not a terrible play, but I want to sit Gasicki if I can help it. Dawson Knox, I would actually start over Gasicki in this matchup, first of all. But he played 58 snaps uh, in week one, which was by far the most for the tight ends on the Bills. So he is clearly their, their tight end one on the team. And I think he's a streamable option on a weekly basis because he got some target volume. Him and Allen have showed a rapport in the past, and I think you can actually use him if, you, if you're in a pinch. So uh, the next game here, uh, Vikings and Colts. Kirk Cousins is a streamable option in this game, but I don't really want to play him because he has kind of low ceiling. Same goes for Phillip Rivers. I think he's a streamable option in this game, but I'm not excited about it. Even though Phillip Rivers has the better matchup in this game, he's just not that good from, from what I saw in Jacksonville. He had a great matchup in Jacksonville week one, and he didn't really play that well. So... Neither of them are overly exciting, but this might have sneaky, like Rivers might have a sneaky big game against the young secondary of the Vikings. But I mean, young secondary, the Jags last week, and he didn't really have that good of a game. So running back wise, duh, you start Dalvin Cook. Um, both Colts running backs, Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, I think you can start both of them. Um, with Mac out for the year, JT should become an every week starter, uh, similar to the way Nick Chubb is right now. I think Jonathan Taylor is in that class of uh, player. Um, Naheem Hines' involvement as a receiving back uh, and the propensity that Phillip Rivers has to just throw to his running backs every single play likely makes him a flex play, um, probably on a week, uh, a weekly basis, but definitely this week. Um, Naheem Hines should be, should be utilized a lot in this game. Uh, it's not a smash matchup for, for Jonathan Taylor, but it's still solid. Um, I think he's going to have probably a solid game and get, maybe get into the end zone. Um, wide receiver-wise, duh, you start Adam Thielen every week. Uh, you could start T.Y. Hilton for sure uh, with relative confidence in this week. Um, flex Paris Campbell. I think you can flex Paris Campbell probably most weeks, but definitely in this game. Um, there's no corners that scare me in this matchup on either side of the, of the ball. Thielen is projected on Rocky Sin, who's probably the best corner um, for both teams. But uh, it's a high advantage for, for Adam Thielen because Adam Thielen's very good. And Rocky Sin is a, a young up-and-coming corner, but I think he's going to get rinsed by Adam Thielen in this game. As I mentioned, Paris Campbell, he played – tremendously in the, in the first game and in the Vikings have no corners that can cover him. So you can definitely play Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton with, with confidence from the tight end position. Uh, the Vikings tight ends to me are kind of like a downgraded version of the Bucks tight ends with Gronk and, and OJ Howard. Um, 
Kyle Rudolph is like a discount Gronk, but he's in a worse offense because Kyle Rudolph needs a touchdown or else he's not, he's not paying off for fantasy because he gets like four targets a game. The only hope you have for Kyle Rudolph if you play him is that he catches a touchdown and gets you 11 points. That's, that's his upside. That's what he's going to do. The only way he gets more than that is if he catches two touchdowns because Kyle Rudolph never gets targets. So um, Irv Smith, you're basically hoping for a big play. And the same goes for OJ Howard, except you're starting these guys in a worse offense and a less pass heavy offense than the Bucs. That's, that's why they're kind of like the downgraded version of the Bucs offense from the tight end position. So I don't really want to play any of these guys, but you can stream them in a pinch if you need to. Um, and Jack Doyle, um, I mean, you can stream him. He's a low upside option, but you can stream him if you need to, like he'll, he'll probably get five or six targets, 50 yards. Maybe he gets a touchdown. That's basically what you're hoping for out of Jack Doyle. Again, kind of a low upside option, just like Kyle Rudolph. But uh, from the Vikings perspective, going forward, especially in this game, I'm kind of just avoiding this tight end committee um, and not really playing anyone if I can help it. All right, into the 4 p.m. games. That was a lot of 1 p.m. games. Washington at the Cardinals. You could start quarter. Uh, you could start quarterback Kyler Murray. Sit Dwayne Haskins. Very straightforward in that one. Um, running back Antonio Gibson. All right. So. I think you can use Antonio Gibson as an emergency flex. As of right now, I don't want to start or flex Gibson until his role expands. I want to be able to just stash him on my bench, let the backfield kind of work itself out, let Gibson get acclimated to the NFL, maybe eventually take over Peyton Barber's, some of his rushing work. I do expect Peyton Barber to be involved regardless, but hopefully Antonio Gibson can kind of just like take over some of that territory and, and get more receiving work as well, because JD McKissick did outrun more routes than him uh, last week. So I think you can, you can flex him if you absolutely have to because this is a very smash matchup uh, against the Cardinals, according to PFF, but I don't really want to play Antonio Gibson if I can help it. And then, duh, you play Kenyon Drake in this game, even though it's not the greatest matchup. And I would not play Chase Edmonds in this game because I don't think the Washington front is going to be very forgiving um, from the running perspective. But I think both of those guys can do some work in the receiving game. Uh, as far as the wide receivers, I'll put the um, – I'll put the – uh, Cardinals receivers uh, matchups on the on the screen right now. DeAndre Hopkins is going to smash in this game, absolute smash, just like he did last week. Christian Kirk um, should should be able to be flexible in a pinch. I think Larry Fitzgerald, even if you're in a big time pinch, you can flex him against Jimmy Moreland. But I don't really want to flex either of those guys. But I do think the the Cardinals are going to be up in this game, and they're going to probably have the the advantage in terms of the the wide receiver cornerback matchups. From the Washington side of things, Terry McLaurin actually has a very tough matchup, and I expect uh, Patrick Peterson to be in shadow coverage on Terry McLaurin. So I would definitely downgrade uh, expectations for Terry McLaurin this week as he is going up against a top 10 corner in the league in shadow coverage. So from the tight end position, you don't start any tight ends on the Cardinals because they don't have anyone that's any good. Um, tight end Logan Thomas for the uh, Washington football team is a streamable option, I think, going forward because, I mean, he ran 36 routes on his 52 snaps in week one. And those 52 snaps were by far the most for a tight end from the Washington offense. And to be honest, this is very promising uh, uh, for an offense that's lacking pass catching options. It's nice to know that Logan Thomas is emerging as a tight end option because, I mean, he has room to become the second target in the offense because Terry McLaurin's the only guy that gets consistent targets here. Yeah, we want Antonio Gibson to get a lot of targets, but he hasn't done that yet. So Logan Thomas could emerge as the second option in this offense. Um, on to the uh, Ravens and Texans. This one should be a fun game just to watch in general, but um, start both quarterbacks in this game. Watson will probably struggle a little bit against the Ravens defense, but uh, you still start them every week. Um, 
from the running back position, this is where it gets a little dicey. I, I don't really know what to do with the Ravens backfield right now, based on what I saw in week one. I would say you can flex both guys, uh, Dobbins and Ingram, but they're probably like RB threes at best. I don't really know what to do with this backfield just yet. I think Ingram's the starter, but Dobbins outsnapped him last week. And I didn't expect that. I'm, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong about this because I thought Ingram would be the clear starter for the first couple of weeks. Is this backfield the new Niners? Like it could be. Like is Dobbins going to take over this job early or is it going to be like a rolling cycle of like this week it's Ingram, this week it's Dobbins, maybe it's Gus Edwards one week. Like I, th- I think that's possible. But Dobbins was the primary passing down back as well as um, a 60% passing game share uh, of the snaps. So it looks like he is going to be the guy that is getting the passing down work. But that's not really that valuable in the Ravens offense because Lamar Jackson is his first instinct is to run when he doesn't see anything open, not check down. So I don't think Dobbins is going to get a crazy amount of targets, but it is worth noting. That's, that's what he's, his role is at least for now. If I can, I'd like to see how it plays out again. I'd like to see how Ingram's used, how Dobbins is used, what they both look like because Dobbins clearly looked like the better runner uh, last week. And as I mentioned, I was clearly wrong about Ingram and his usage. I thought he would have been like the horse like the first week at least like it was, yeah, I, like he just completely looked bad compared to Dobbins. Dobbins just looked a lot better. And I'll put this on the screen right now, but like the, the snaps and, um, and touches wise, J.K. Dobbins played 23 snaps, but he only had seven carries. Mark Ingram played 21 snaps, but he only had 10 carries. And Gus Edwards played 15 snaps and four carries. So the, John Harbaugh basically said, you never know. We want to sp- uh, spread the ball around to people because we have a lot of weapons. To me, that tells me this is a running back by committee. At no point in the season is J.K. Dobbins going to be like this top five running back. Ingram's always going to be involved unless he gets injured. So, I I mean, Dobbins is the guy going forward that you want to own, I would say, because I think as the season goes on, it's only going to get worse for Ingram. I don't think at any point in the season we're just like, oh, yeah, Dobbins is useless now. Like, Dobbins is the better running back. I don't think anyone's shocked by that. And he looked by far like the better running back on Sunday. So, I mean, I, if, you can, if you can sit them both, I would. But if you need to start one of them, I understand it because you probably spent a fifth-round pick on Ingram and then like a seventh-round pick on Dobbins. So if you need to flex them, I, I'm okay with it. I think it's going to be a good enough matchup that they should both be valuable. And you're kind of just hoping for whoever gets the touchdown, to be honest, or multiple touchdowns in this case. Wide receiver-wise, Marquise Brown's a smash in this game. Like, he's going to go off. Um, he's supposed to be lined up against Bradley Roby. And, we, like, I mean, he's going to just torch him. Uh, Miles Boykin. This is what I want to talk about here. Miles Boykin is an emergency flex. Why is he an emergency flex? Because he goes up against Vernon Hargraves. Play where's Waldo with the tech. Whoever is going up against Vernon Hargraves on a weekly basis is going to be a flex option at minimum because Vernon Hargraves is that bad. 64.5 um, was Miles Boykin's grade in week one. And he still has a 26% advantage over Hargraves because he had like a 45 grade because he's terrible. Anyway, Will Fuller on the other side. Uh, I think you can start Will Fuller with... Um, relative confidence. They project him to go up against Marcus Peters. So, I mean, Marcus Peters is not a shutdown guy. Everyone thinks he's like a shutdown corner. He is not. He is uh, a turnover creator. So he will give up big plays. We saw it last year when Mike Evans went up against the Rams, he just torched him on one play because Peters got over aggressive and he got beat over the top. The same type of thing could happen for Will Fuller. Um, Brandon Cooks, I'm sitting if possible. I think um, Cooks going up against, uh, I believe he's supposed to go up against Jimmy Smith, but either way, Cooks is still banged up. I don't really want to start him in general. But again, if you have to, I, I, I think you could start him as like a wide receiver four, but there's a lot of better options that I would start over Brandon Cooks this week. Uh, tight end, um, duh, you start Mark Andrews and definitely sit both of the uh, Texans tight ends. The tight end uh, position in Houston has always been a guessing game of who got the touchdown between Darren Fells and 
and Jordan Akins. Last week, it was Jordan Akins. This week, it might be Darren Fells. Like, who knows? Just don't start a Texans tight end. There's way better options for you to stream. If you want to stream one, just do you think this is going to be a super high-scoring game, then I would probably stream um, I would probably stream Jordan Akins just because we saw it from them already, but I'm not really a big fan of either of them. So another pretty fun game in terms of fantasy. Chiefs at Chargers. Duh, you start Patrick Mahomes no matter who he's going up against. I don't care if Thanos is on the other side of the ball. Uh, you sit Tyrod Taylor. All of you people that got cute playing Tyrod Taylor against Cincinnati, Tyrod Taylor is not a good quarterback. He's also not a quarterback that's good for fantasy. Yes, he runs a little bit, but he's the definition of a game manager. The Chiefs are a run-funnel defense. You cannot pass against them. They have a good pass defense. Don't let any fraud analyst tell you that Tyrod's going to be throwing a lot and playing from behind because he's going to struggle passing the ball in this game. The only way he salvages his value in this game, in my opinion, is if he runs for a touchdown. So avoid Tyrod Taylor. I think Justin Herbert's going to be seeing the field a lot sooner than a lot of people thought. I think he's going to be in there by week like five because Tyrod Taylor looked bad against a great matchup in Cincinnati last week. So running back wise, duh and duh. You start Eckler and Edward Solaire every week. I think you can flex Josh Kelly in this week. Um, I, I, I don't think you could flex Josh Kelly every week. Everyone, maybe some people think you can do that every week. I think that was a product of one playing the Cincinnati Bengals run defense, which is terrible. And two, the fact that, um, it was just a good game script. It was a close game and all that stuff. It's not going to be like that this week. I would, I would imagine. I think the the chiefs are going to run away with this one. Am I worried about Austin Eckler? No, I'm not at all, even remotely, to be honest, because, uh, I'll put this on the screen right now. The, he ran the routes that he's used to running. He ran 23 routes, which is actually a little bit less than he's used to running, but I still think he's going to be very, very involved in the passing game. I'm not worried about him getting one target, not even in the slightest. Why? Because he got 19 freaking carries and he still played 68% of the snaps, which is a, a feature back. And he dominated the routes and passing play snap. It's ups- is it upsetting that Josh Kelly got the rushing touchdown? Yes. Even if he absorbs most of Gordon's goal line work, which I still don't expect. I still think uh, Austin Eckler and him are probably going to be 50-50 on goal lines. But let's just say he does. He do, let's, let's say Josh Kelly dominates the goal line work and uh, Eckler never gets any goal line carries. Eckler was the RB10 last year and he wasn't getting 19 carries a game. So I think he's going to be fine. Yes, he's probably going to see a little bit of a downtick in the passing game, but he, the carries are going to make up like the fact that he's getting 19 carries a game when he was getting like eight, seven carries a game when Gordon was in the lineup last year is a huge, like just completely offsets that. So can you flex Kelly? As I mentioned, yes. Against the run funnel, like the chiefs. Yes, but not all the time. I don't think you can flex him all the time. Wide receivers. Duh. You start, you start Tyree kill every week, but uh, here's what the matchups look like in terms of uh, Tyree kill is going to see a lot of Chris Harris. Probably not a great matchup, so I would downgrade your expectations for Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't start any other Chiefs receivers, personally. Um, this is the quintessential Travis Kelsey and CEH game in the passing game. I don't think the receivers are going to do much of anything. Um, I could be wrong about that, and Mikkel Harmon could catch a huge touchdown, but I think Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and CEH, this is the primary passing game um, way that the, the Chiefs run their offense this week. I think Sammy Watkins has a tough matchup against Casey Hayward, and then... Um, the slot guys, maybe Demarcus Robinson has like, like a good game. Like I said, maybe Michael Hardman has an okay game, but I'm not messing around with the Chiefs receivers, not named Tyreek Hill. Again, for the, uh, for the Chargers perspective, I don't like any of the matchups. Uh, I'll put them on the screen right now, but I'll start with, I'll start Allen for volume because he's going up, but he's going up against Tyron Matthew in the slot. Like I don't like any of their matchups. And as I mentioned, the Chiefs are a good pass defense. They are not a bad pass defense. As far as the tight end goes, duh. Like you start both of them because Hunter Henry got eight targets last week and he looked very good on those targets. And Travis Kelsey's the other tight end. So you start him every week. 
Uh, Sunday night football, Patriots at Seahawks. I think you can start both quarterbacks as top 12 options because we saw Cam Newton is going to be run, run, and run some more. So, I mean, you can start him pretty much every week that he has, even if he has a bad matchup, because if he's going to be run this much, he's going to be uh, viable for fantasy no matter what his passing numbers look like. So, and then Russell Wilson's a top 10 option every week. So probably top five option every week. So definitely be starting him. Uh, running back wise, I don't want to start a single Patriots running back ever. Like not in this matchup, not ever, because here's the split of their, of their backfield. 30% down the board in terms of share, uh, snap share. James White is the only one that you can even flex sometimes, in my opinion. And he's downgraded with Cam because Cam clearly didn't use him as much as, as Brady did. Uh, as far as the Seahawks perspective, Chris Carson got six receptions and two receiving touchdowns in game one of hashtag let Russ cook. Uh, so Chris Carson, I think, is an every week starter, especially in this matchup. Like, I think it's a pretty solid matchup for him, even though the Patriots have been a little stingy against the run. I'm a little worried that Chris Carson only got six carries, but if he's going to be used in the passing game like this, I'm not worried at all in terms of his fantasy numbers. Just it's a little concerning that he only got six carries, but it was a pass, uh, a pass heavy game script last week against the Falcons. So uh, I'm willing to forgive that in, uh, in that game. Wide receiver, you start the usual characters. You can start Edelman. And you can start both Seahawks receivers and Lockett and Metcalf. I think you can emergency flex Nikhil Harry. He low-key had like a good share of the air yards last week. Um, so something to monitor with Nikhil Harry. But DK Metcalf, it says, I don't know if I believe PFF with these matchups because they said, uh, it says that DK Metcalf is going to have JC Jackson in coverage. I have to think that they're going to deploy Stephon Gilmore in shadow coverage against DK Metcalf because Tyler Lockett's primary, uh, primarily a slot receiver. And Jonathan Jones is a great slot corner. So I expect a pretty rough outing for, for Tyler Lockett because Jonathan Jones is so good. And uh, Stephon Gilmore, I mean, like, I don't know how you don't use him in shadow. Like, if Tyler Lockett's the primary slot receiver, how do you not just put Stephon Gilmore on DK Metcalf? It just makes way too much sense. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. And, again, like I said, I'll update you guys on Sunday before the games if uh, who the shadow matchups are because, as of right now, I don't have that information. PFF hasn't released it yet. They release it on, like, Thursdays or Fridays or so, so – make sure you guys are paying attention to PFF's Twitter because I believe they tweeted out and I think it's actually free to read. So uh, pay attention to that. And then tight end uh, in this game, uh, do not start a Patriots tight end ever probably. And then, um, yeah, so don't start a Seahawks tight end either. I wouldn't start a single tight end in this game because I think it's going to be kind of like a slugfest. Um, Monday Night Football, Saints and Raiders. Uh, this one's going to be pretty quick because it's pretty straightforward at every position, but you start breeze and you sit car because the Raiders defense sucks and new Orleans does not. So it's pretty simple from that perspective, running backs, duh and duh. You start Alvin Kamara and you start Josh Jacobs. I think you can emergency flex Latavius Murray, but I think, I mean, I think his high volume of carries against Tampa Bay was a result of Kamara struggling on the ground, not game script. I don't think it was because, Oh, the, the new Orleans was up and Latavius Murray got a lot of run. I think that was because, Alvin Kamara couldn't get anything going on the ground and Latavius was being like, was successful in doing so. So that's why they ran Latavius Murray um, wide receiver wise with Michael Thomas out. And I'm, I'm certain that he's going to be out for this game. Eman San Emmanuel Sanders is my start of the week at the wide receiver position. I think he's going to be very good in this game. I think rugs, you can emergency flex him, but I'm trying to avoid starting him if I can, because he's probably going to see Marshawn Lattimore, probably not in shadow coverage, but just that's his projected matchup per PFF. Um, I would sit the rest of the wide receivers in this game, though. Don't get cute and play Traquan Smith or, or Brian Edwards or anything like that. I think it should just be, from the Saints' perspective, it should be all Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara, and Jared Cook in this one. I think those are the guys that are going to be the, the dudes in the passing game. 
And I'm not messing with the Saints' pass defense. Ruggs is the only one I'm even slightly willing to play. And even him, I'm kind of uh, hesitant. He's my wide receiver 44 on the week. So that just kind of gives you an idea of where I see him this week. Uh, tight end wise, done, duh. You play Darren Waller and you play Jared Cook this week. So um, as I mentioned, guys, if you enjoyed that, uh, this was kind of a long rundown of games, but uh, like, uh, like this video, hit the button that looks like this. If you enjoy that, comment any of your start set questions or anything else that you want to comment down below. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the bell icon if you want to be notified when we're going live and when we post new videos. Um, join the Discord in the description. We got a lot of uh, active members in there answering questions, asking questions. Me and Danny uh, are also very active in there to answer your start sick questions if you need like kind of like an immediate answer in there. You can also hit me up on Twitter if you have any of those kind of questions. Make sure you're following along on there because I'm always uh, tweeting out um, good like research stuff that I find and also just some bullshit stuff that I find funny. So uh, yeah, make sure you guys are following all, all along with that stuff. And without further ado, guys, take care and enjoy your Wednesday.